0: This is Exposure on Impact 89 FM, WDBL East Lansing, the show that lets you know about everything that goes on at the MSU campus that you otherwise might not know about. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. We're your hosts, Megan Samp and Tessa Kresh. Welcome to Exposure. Hello, hello, and welcome to Exposure. You are listening to Season 14. I'm your host, Tessa Kresh. Today, we're diving in the heart of Spartan living, shining a spotlight on something called the Spartan Housing Cooperative. For many students, university housing often means either dorms or off campus apartments. But the Spartan Housing Cooperative offers a different path, a cooperative living experience that's unlike any other. Hi, guys, welcome to Exposure. Hi. 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 <laughs> Could you guys introduce yourselves for me? Sure.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm Holly Jo Sparks. I'm the executive director for the Spartan Housing Cooperative, where I've been for nearly a decade.
2: Hey, I'm Clay. I go by they, them pronouns. I study arts and humanities and social relations and policy. And I uh, am the president of the Spartan Housing Cooperative, and I stay at the biggest and baddest house in the SAC, known as Phoenix. Mm
3: -hmm. My name is Riley. Um, my pronouns are she her I study advertising management here at Michigan State and I minor in entrepreneurship and innovation I am the vice president of membership for the SHC and I live in David Bowie Memorial Cooperative
4: hi guys my name is Anna I go by she her pronouns I am studying psychology here at MSU. I graduate in December. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! I minor in women's studies and environmental sustainability studies. And I am the corporate treasurer for the Spartan Housing Cooperative. This is my second year here. Um, Well, I'm in the corporate treasurer position. Um, This is my third year here. I've lived here since 2020 and I live in Raft Hill.
0: And could you guys explain a little bit about what the Spartan Housing Cooperative is and what its missions and values are? Like, What makes a difference from living in a big house with your buddies?
1: The Spartan Housing Cooperative is a campus-based group equity housing cooperative in East Lansing and Greater Lansing area. So we have 18 different properties located in and around Ingham County, 14 of which are really near the campus, and Uh, We have a couple in Lansing and one in Meridian Township. We
2: are a cooperative, uh, and what cooperatives are, are technically, like, it is an economic framework for ownership, so there's a bunch of different types of co-ops. There's, like, worker co-ops, so people that do certain jobs all get together and they're like, hey, we want to own the place that organizes our works to make it better for us. There are consumer co-ops that are like, hey, we don't want to have to buy from, like, bad companies and things like that, so let's own the company that we buy from. And we're a housing co-op, so we're like, hey... We don't wanna to have to put up with a lot of bad things that happen in the housing market. How about we? Like a landlord.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, how about
2: yes. we uh, take out the middleman and we do it ourselves and un- collectively? And so that also affects how we organize and govern ourselves. Uh, so, we definitely have missions and goals. Uh, I work a lot with those as the president. I make sure we work to our ends policies, which are kind of like the things that we're gonna work to. Uh, but the idea and goal of the Spartan Housing Cooperative. Is to give people democratically run affordable housing uh, that works towards sustainability and helping uh, marginalized communities and getting rid of a lot of the negative impacts at the cost of like volunteership uh, and organizing our labors and resources collectively also one of my favorite ends is that we will be visible attractive and awesome and i think that's so really <laughs> fun because yes. we do that
3: oh yeah we do that's right without a doubt um we offer a space for growth um this is giving. Uh, members an opportunity to live with individuals that are completely different from each other um, and working to create um, robust connections with them. It encourages mediation, it encourages the ability to adapt, which is such a beautiful thing, you know, outside of the co-ops, these are skills that you're going to apply to pretty much every aspect of your life. Um, And especially in these formative years, being a college student, having this background will just kind of improve life. So it is such a unique and special experience being here.
4: I think what Riley said, the opportunity to grow is really unique in the co-ops because of like how like the chore systems and like how we structure our houses, like specifically the chores. We have like officer positions and like the volunteership is we run our houses quite literally. So we have like finance officers, membership officers, like jobs managers. So we operate the houses by ourselves and with help from staff or like the executive committee which is us and so it gives members like the opportunity to own their own homes and run the house themselves and so they get like home ownership skills from just being able to be in college and learn those skills directly.
0: I know that Obviously, a lot has changed. I can imagine a lot more houses have been built up. Also, there was a recent name change.
1: Originally, we were the inter-cooperative council. Um, So before the MSU Student Housing Cooperative was formed, we were a major governing group at MSU. We were composed of independent housing cooperatives that had been started in and around East Lansing. So we were the inter-cooperative council. But the housing cooperative in Ann Arbor At the University of Michigan already had the name Intercooperative Council. Oh! So when we incorporated in 1969, that name was taken. So we became the MSU Student Housing Cooperative, despite not having been entirely MSU students. So we operated as the MSU Student Housing Cooperative for nearly 50 years and realized that wasn't really true to the mission, that we wanted to pivot to be more inclusive to our community. So now we are the Spartan Housing Cooperative, mm-hmm. and I think that pays homage to Michigan State University, who really helped support us as we started, but it also speaks to living simply mm-hmm. so that others can simply live.
2: I thought that the name changes over the years kind of really reflected uh, the change in vision that I saw. Now, as we transition to moving more into the community as a large, having more houses in the Oak Miss and Lansing area, and also having a basis that is really accessible to non-students and doesn't have to be so closed off. And we try to be more encompassing of the community as a whole, whether our current members and our alumni, moving to just like the idea of a Spartan.
3: I think the rebanding also is associated to the Fair Housing Act that we follow and is our governance. (laughs) Um, This Fair Housing Act makes sure that we are not being discriminatory, we allow for individuals of all backgrounds, of all sexual orientations. Um, If they struggle with disabilities, we cannot turn them away from our houses. It's all accepting and and inclusive. So, you know, that rebrand to make it Spartan will just welcome more populations that aren't just students.
0: What brought you guys to the co-op? How did you end up living there? Is that something that you always imagined for yourself? Mm -hmm. I love this question. (laughs)
4: <laughs> the year's 2020 um it's COVID year my housing contract gets canceled and I have nowhere to live and it's like what do I do and I'm like scrambling for housing but I've always wanted to live in a co-op because I've had friends who lived in I had friend who lived in Hedrick I can't but I can't live in Hedrick because of their friendship clause so some houses have like specific clauses where you like can't live in other houses where your friends live because of like voting in democracy things like that and so What really brought me to the co-op in the first place was like the sense of community, being able to live with other people is something that I have always like craved. All the activities that we get to do together all the time is something that I really enjoy. Um, and just seeing myself in that environment when I got to visit my friend who lived in Hedrick, I was like, this is the place I want to be. And so when I got to apply for Raft Hill, So when I got to tour for Reft Hill, I was like this is the house I want to be at. They had an open spot. The community there was perfect for me. I really meshed with all the people who live there. When I first like stepped into the house, I was like this is the one I'm at and I've been there since, and it's just been a wonderful experience, and I've had a great time.
2: We talked earlier about how I had my life planned out at eight, uh, and uh, (laughs) uh, on my left map, uh, eventually, uh, the idea of living in a co-op was put there. I was really into social justice causes. There was a point in time when I was in high school, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a revolutionary, and I learned a lot about movement houses, um, and a lot of them were formed through co-ops, and so the idea of Getting uh, intentional community together of people that you can share thoughts with and share space with, and you can use that to further progress a lot of your efforts towards like sustainability, towards social justice, towards growing and becoming a better person and having a better place and a better community uh, in the world just really stuck with me. And I saw that cooperative framework was a really great way to do that. Now I'm one of those people that wants a co-op on every corner, like, oh, I want a food co-op and a bike (laughs) co-op and everything. Uh, But I was like, when I get to college, I have to join a co-op. I really just get to join a group of people and a collective that is crafted with intention of like, this is what we're going to do to um, make our life and our living and the places that we craft better
3: i heard about the cooperatives through word of mouth and also our various events that we hosted each of the houses Um, my specialty is event production particularly with music Um, the events that we were hosting was you know associated with live music bringing in groups of people that were self-expressive created safe spaces in these events so i absolutely fell in love with the culture and the celebration of different local artists. So that was my first introduction with the cooperatives and then I knew right away that there was like so many resources um, in order for me to kind of do the same as Clay, kind of follow my own passions and doing it with the community that I can use as resources. Also I just fell in love with David Bowie Cooperative. I'm a big Bowie fan and um, everyone I live with is too. It's is so colorful. Everyone is incredibly creative. Um, I also just love the idea of having community. Um, I think that's something that we all kind of look for in college, some sort of space that we belong. And with with the co-op, there's so many niches. There's so many people with similar interests. Um, You will find a family there. You will find your best friends. I know that I have met people that will stand up in my wedding. I know that I'll find, like, these people will be in my life forever. Um, And it's such a beautiful thing to have access to that.
1: I, too, was once a college student, and I moved into my first housing cooperative, the Sojourner Truth, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I was really drawn to the diversity and the democratic control, probably because I was in high school debate. So (laughs) I really believe in civic engagement and and, um, people having a voice. Um, but I was lucky enough to move in and, and take on a leadership position in the housing cooperative during the 150th anniversary of the Rochdale Principles. The uh-huh. Rochdale Principles are what the International Cooperative Alliance bases the co-op identity on. So as as a part of a cohort of young emerging co-op leaders, I went to Washington, D.C., and I learned all about the international cooperative movement there and that my my lovely community house back at college was actually a part of a larger economic movement to humanize the economy and to give, give people power and joint ownership and democratic control. So that springboarded my involvement in housing cooperatives. I worked for the North American Students of Cooperation and other co-ops across the US and Canada for quite a number of years helping others who wanted to start housing cooperatives in their local communities. After a long time working in that space, it just seemed like such a struggle. And no one knew that we had this opportunity to live in community and to have joint ownership. My story goes that I thought, well, I'll go to graduate school in community and economic development, try to understand other ways that we can empower communities and um, build community-based wealth. That was 2007 to 2009, right before the Great Recession. (laughs) So I'm going to school to study ways to empower and build community wealth, just as the rest of the economy and the housing market is melting down. And I realized there, actually, those around me said, we're actually interested in finding out more about this cooperative housing model. What makes it so resilient? You know, How can we apply these alternative housing models, not just to the work you're doing in campus-based communities, but to families, low-income households, to others? So. My graduate school journey took me from a, a deep look at the housing field into diving deeper into cooperatives. That's what I've made my career and then I landed back in Michigan, which is my home state, working with Spartan Housing Cooperative and, and it's been a it's been a ride.
0: And you mentioned that there are several houses in and around the East Lansing area. I'm curious what sets each one apart.
2: Every house is its own like very independent culture. Not only are they different in, like, their buildings. Like, there are houses that are different physically. Like, you have, like, your smaller houses uh, that are really cutesy and cozy. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, like, big houses, like the big blue house, Howland. I was going <laughs> to mention that. <laughs> uh, or just some of them are, like, more so vibes uh, and things like that. We also have houses that uh, take up specific issues, like our house, houseparency specifically. It's focused on intersectional feminism. And so they take a lot of time and effort uh, to think and approach that. And also, uh, my house, Phoenix. We uh, have been focusing more on justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. So, thinking about how we can incorporate that into our house functionings. Each house has its own constitution and norms and things like that um, that are specialized to so, like how we want houses to live. They really create these cultures within them, and that kind of curates uh, the people um, that come into them.
4: Yeah, each house is really its own little world, and kind of grows and shapes as it goes along and it kind of grows and shapes the people who are in them too each one changes over time it's really interesting to see like the history of each house like what it was before it was a co-op like raft specifically was has been so many different things before it was a co-op before it was donated to the shc like we were like a runaway house like a house for runaways uh we were like a food co-op our second floor bathroom fell in a bunch of a bunch of things happened before wow. we were uh, a bunch of things like have happened in all these houses because they're just pieces of history you know and now they're all co-ops and they're, they'll continue to be pieces of history
0: i know that it takes a village to run a household how do you divide up chores how do you make that work
3: it takes a village and it takes staff and it takes the executive committee
0: <laughs> it's
3: it's different
4: in every house so some houses have rotating chore systems where people sign up for chores like every week but every house has like a chore checker or a jobs manager or like the what does one house call it like the
2: The choreographer the
4: choreographer yeah it's different in every house and like it that reflects the house culture like the house vibes whatever you want to call it we have like set chores for the semester some houses have house meals so like we eat dinner together on sunday through wednesday because we have house cooks and people love cooking in our house we have a vegetarian meal plan that's amazing
3: The delegation of chores is a beautiful thing. and It's very strategic. Um, You'll see in the bigger houses that house like over 20 people. And these houses are incredibly big. So a lot of those chores um, are delegated um, via point system. I know for Bowie, we have four points that each individual has to fulfill. And like Anna was saying, like a lot of that is cooking, a lot of that is shopping, a lot of that is cleaning. Um, a lot of that um, includes like the officer positions that we mentioned earlier, membership, education, uh, finance, uh, jobs, officers that are actually like the police of jobs. Um, yeah. Oh
2: God! Please don't say police. <laughs> accountability partners. The accountability
3: partners, <laughs> enforcers.
1: <laughs> if you've seen one co-op, you've seen one co-op. Is what I like to say. Yeah, that's so true. It goes with your chore system, your community, your ownership.
2: And that's why, if you're going to tour the co ops, tour every single house you possibly think you can and you should. And then you can make uh, your decision after that uh, because truly each house is its own little like microcasm And you should truly like learn it and see what is best for you. Mm-hmm.
3: i don't want to deter anyone but something about the chores whatever co-op you live in you will be doing dishes yes
2: <laughs> um, when you sign your contract that is acknowledged yeah. as a co-oper <laughs> you do dishes yeah that.
0: <laughs> i can imagine you guys have a very tight-knit community since you're eating meals together all the time and you work together to make this household work do each of the households kind of work together
2: yeah we yes, have we our do. committees a part of our structure is based off of getting um each of our committees so we have our board that works for governance We have our education our committee facilities uh, finance membership um and each (laughs) of those committees are voted on by uh each house and so they all uh present one representative and so those committees come together and they work collectively as all of our houses to make uh the decisions for our day-to-day operations and things like that so again reinforcing that democratically run Uh, kind of getting people involved. We plan to have more things uh, to get our community involved. We throw events with each other. We have people come over. A lot of times we like share tools and resources or like furniture. If people need like a bed from say Bowie (laughs) and they come and deliver it (laughs) on the truck to us at Phoenix. Um, uh, But we also have more events that our lovely VPM is working to put on to kind of add to that sense of community, but even the idea of like, you know, getting people from Orion to help like get a carpool to like a protest or things like that. We have our different ways of connecting and reaching out.
3: Um, As vice president of membership, one of the responsibilities is um, event production and bringing all the community together. After COVID, there has been a lot of animosity between the houses, I would say. Um, Just a lot of disconnect with the isolation. But I know in these um, past couple years and even in this cycle, we're doing great strides to really reunite the community i have better relations between the houses um for instance we're doing all halloween member like a all member halloween event where we're trick-or-treating between all the co-ops that sounds so fun yeah Yeah. and every year we host a pride parade um within the shc Um, obviously with those larger events we invite all of the all of the public to come, but a lot, you know, these events are planned by us because it's such a group effort and all the houses are involved. That just makes it so much more special and, like I said, creates even more robust connections within the community.
1: As a nonprofit cooperative, we have a board of directors. I am the only employee of that board, so I report to a board that's made up of people who live in each of these houses. So regardless of whether the houses are friends with each other or not, they do have to make decisions for the organization about how are we investing in our routine maintenance and what staff are we hiring? And, you know, kind of these very large decisions because it is democratically managed, Mm -hmm. whether during the pandemic or not, when we had to have virtual board meetings and virtual retreats, we, we have to work together.
2: And I think it works towards like accountability uh, for everybody and also learning to make those skills. I think definitely getting in the leadership of a cooperative gets you skills, being able to read over contracts and policies and having to be able to learn how to digest a monitoring report that says, this is how much <laughs> funds you have in this organization and getting the guidance to know if it is like being accurately used and really fulfilling your duty to all of your members, I think is an important aspect of the co-ops and being a co-oper.
4: You don't really need any like prior experience for I would say any of the officer positions, which makes them really accessible for everybody. And you get like so many real life skills from any officer position, I would say. It's a crash course in home economics. Yeah, Uh, quite literally. Yeah, especially like finance uh, education membership. You get like conflict resolution training if you're a membership or education officer. Um, That's required to be a membership or education officer. To be a finance officer you get training from me for how to budget for your house how to pay your bills how to manage go a in. household
2: yeah like financially for maintenance.
1: basic uh, home repairs yeah home yeah. repair uh, snake your toilet uh, we get constant, uh, <laughs> inspections with the city
2: and the fire department and oh our renters gosh. so being able to go yep. in and be like hey this is what we're gonna do as a house to clean and now I think co-opers know so much about fire safety laws, whether they abide (laughs) by them or not, because that's something uh, you learn. I never thought of myself (laughs) as a handy person before I moved into a co-op.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're getting some life skills, too. Could you talk to me a little bit about how consent is emphasized?
2: Consent is so emphasized. Our board uh, added it to our ends policies of like, hey, we're going to promote and uh, curate a consent culture. Yeah, um, that's Mm -hmm. a part of our environment embodiments and we have trainings on it annually and again that and our like our trainings on transphobia and other things like that we're having a training on like living with a uh, neuro diverse housemates and kind of like uh being able to cope with mental illness and things like that I think those are things that like we're in the co-op so you like you need to know how to resolve conflict and how to interact with people in a very humane way
1: And I would add that this year in particular, our board is focused on connection and conviction in community. And part of what that involves is not just strengthening the ties between our existing homes and and co-ops, but also providing a model to others in the community and the state for how they also can live cooperatively and with intentional community. So we've been forming coalitions with others and reaching out to different community
2: groups. Yeah, I really know that the cooperative framework is a great tool uh-huh. for like mobility and the sharing of resources.
0: And are there any future plans or projects that you guys wanna highlight? Um, we have yes. so many. So,
1: we are on the verge of opening our first apartment housing co-op in recent history. Uh, so that project, We are looking outside of our existing uh, campus community, so partnering with, um, we hope, the Refugee Development Center and other community groups uh, to bring families, workforce, and other individuals into the community. Uh, We also have announced our partnership with the Allen Neighborhood Center and Refugee Center, Refugee Development Center on the East Side Lansing, and so we hope in the coming year. So we will also be creating cooperative housing uh, at the Allen Neighborhood Center that is focused on refugees and Native board individuals.
2: Again, um, our theme for the year, which was kind of based in a lot of the work that we've been doing is connection Uh and conviction conviction within the community. And so working a lot to reestablish and reattribute a lot of Uh, the relationships that we had outside of the community. I know we're working with MSU to kind of reestablish our connection there um, as a governing body, but also um, everybody again is like co-ops. really good and the framework is helping and so having conversations with the city and other uh, folks within the community whether those are advocacy groups uh, like a lot of our membership is working uh to be more political active we've also uh, started conversations with other folks in the community to kind of see how we can aid them in establishing their own framework for housing or how our membership can be like mobilized to help support them
0: could you guys explain to me what your favorite memory is pertaining to the co-op
2: mine was my first board retreat i had just moved into the co-ops um i've been there for like a month it was our first house meeting i was voted board rep and we were at circle pine center which is a recreational co-op it was lovely it was such a great michigan autumn and i was just talking with all of these people and they were so knowledgeable and so enthused and they just got me amped and wrapped and they were talking about beautiful things and i was just chilling with these group of people that i had only recently met and i felt such established connection with them just talking and looking up at the sky thinking about what we can do to like grow and help people and i was just like i truly in my head thought i was like this is what i've been looking for
4: i think just overall like my summers spent at raft hill are just like so magical it's just like such a wonderful time there like it's like just like that whole period is just my favorite thing in the world
3: i can't select what my best memory is because (laughs) these past three years have been the best time of my life to be honest shout out to my bowie members um from 2021 2022 and right now um they are the most beautiful unique talented individuals i've ever had the pleasure of meeting um i've learned so much through these individuals that are sitting next to me and just being um in a space where i'm just hearing all of their ideas and how we can better this community has been so inspiring holly joe I know you have a couple.
1: (laughs) I was trying to think. I I can't think of a memory that doesn't involve the housing cooperatives. (laughs) The reason I keep doing the work that I do with the college campuses is because it is the people that I meet. Co-ops transform people and people transform the world.
0: How can students or members of the community get more
3: information to apply to be part of the co-ops we have a website that should be your first thing that you should go to it's www.spartan.coop you'll see a list of all of our houses that we have and along with their occupancy and then your first step would be to reach out to our member service member service coordinator where you'll um, basically um, we'll do a background check Um, we'll just kind of get to know you better and then once after that happens then you'll be able to tour all of the houses Um, you'll get to read all of their constitutions, you'll get to read their norms, and then you will be able to pick whether, you know, you want to live in that house. Um, And then after that touring process happens, and then each of the housemates for that particular house votes on, you know, whether or not you know what consent is, what are some, you know, how are you going to build this community, what are you going to contribute to this community, um, after that vote, you are going to join the cooperative. I definitely recommend going into the website because not only does it have um, information about each of the houses, but it goes into all of our missions, our principles, and a lot of history from, you know, 1969. <laughs> <laughs> we also have socials. We have Instagram. We have LinkedIn. And I believe we have Facebook. And we do a lot of updates on that. So it's Spartan Housing Cooperative, if anyone's interested in looking into that.
2: You can also stop by the office, which is 51541 Five four one. <laughs> East Grand River Avenue in the campus town mall. We love when we get visitors and you can say hi to Marty. Marty is amazing. Shout out to Marty. Shout out to uh, Marty. Yes. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's it for our show. Thank you to our station manager, Delaney Rogers, General Manager Jeremy Whiting, and program director McKenna Lowndes. And as always, thank you to you, our listeners. If you like what you've heard, come back next week. I'm Tessa Kresh. You've been listening to Exposure. Exposure. (laughs) This was this week's episode of Exposure. Keep in mind that the views and opinions discussed on Exposure are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff at Impact 89 FM. If you're interested in going back and listening to our archive of stories, feel free to check out our website at impact89fm.org. And of course, if you're interested in what's going on next week, you can tune back in and we'll see you back here. You've been listening to Exposure.